0: What's going on, guys? Welcome to another episode of Jack of All. Sorry for a uh, week gap. Uh, it was, last week was a crazy one. Had kiddos for a couple, of three days by myself while Kristen was in Las Vegas mirroring somebody at a wedding, learning from somebody who's kind of top of the industry. So I had the three kids. People were like, oh, how's it going? I was like, fine. I set my bar extremely low when it comes to me parenting those kids. So survival is basically all I'm going for. Nothing good happened. Um, They're like, oh, did you you read at night? Nope, didn't read at night. Um, They watched 22 hours of TV a day. Just kidding. But (laughs) we went on walks. We did our thing. But I'm like, man, as long as... At the end of our time, I have as many kids as when I started. I'm considering it complete success. So, so anyway, all that to say, sorry for for taking a week off. Um, remember a few podcasts ago, I said um, I had that homeless interaction, and I said, you know, it just kind of got me thinking that I don't do this enough, and. Um, not like a shame thing, just more of a conviction of, hey, start looking for this more. Look for the opportunity to help out in this capacity more. Well, I had a lot of opportunity last week. And the first one, um, that they both involved Gage, um, my boy. So we were, where are we coming back from? Somewhere. And it was raining, like pouring. And uh, I started to talk to him about what I had realized about you know just homeless people have nowhere to go in the rain and they're just kind of trying to bundle themselves up pretty much that story that I shared on the podcast I shared with with him and he got it enough to be upset and so then I said well what should we do and we kind of group thought, and said, well, let's go to Del Taco, get some food, Del Taco is my idea, <laughs> and uh, just look for somebody to give it to, and so he said, yeah, that's great, let's do it, and we talked enough about it that he started to get excited about it, so we bought some food, and um, got two bags of food, and we had seen uh, these two ladies that we had passed that were on the side of the road, so... We doubled back, took us about 10 minutes to get back to him. I parked, and I said, Gage, I want you to go take these uh, these two bags to those ladies. I want you to do it. And he said, very honest, he goes, uh, that makes me nervous. I said, why are you nervous, buddy? He said, I don't know. Um, it just makes me nervous. I said, well, I understand that. I'll be right here. And I'll be watching the whole time, but I think this will be something really cool. And he kind of psyched himself into it and said, okay. He took the two bags and he ran over uh, to these two ladies. And one thing I love about Gage is he never just, like, dropped something off. It's never the task. It's always the person. And he went over, he gave this lady these two bags of food, and she was taken aback that this kid was bringing it to him. And she looked over at me uh, because she knew he came from my car and gave me, like, this thumbs up and this touch of her head, like, I really appreciate this. And uh, then Gage stood there for, like, 40 seconds talking with these ladies. And then afterwards he came sprinting back over. And, oh, man, I was just, I was bawling. (laughs) It was just the sweetest. You just talk about... You know you want your kid to to see needs and to meet needs and to care about people, and when you see it actually happening, it's just it's something else, man, that kid is something else, and so I just told him how proud of him I was, and when he got home, he wanted to tell mom and just a cool moment so um then the other was two days ago we were walking down Main Street, and there's a homeless guy on the side of the street he had his little walking stick there and looking pretty disheveled. Actually his face looked really swollen. Uh, looked like he'd uh you know, having a rough go at it. We'll say that. And Gage goes up to him and goes, "Hey man." Which is how he greets everybody these days. I think he got that from me. And the, and the guy goes, "Hey buddy." And Gage just launches into this thing and he's like, "Wow, cool stick. And I like your shirt. And wow, what a great mustache." <laughs> and, the guy is just like, you know, drinking from a water hose, and, uh wait, that is what you drink from, drinking from a fire hydrant, that's better, and uh he's like, thanks, and then Gage goes, I love you, bye, and just starts bounding off down the street, and the only thing I took from that, you know, that, that convo can happen from anywhere, I know my son is such a sweet nature, but. One thing I loved is that he was not off-put by this homeless guy, you know, and I think that that is from exposure, just the more and more we interact with people, the more that doesn't become a weird thing or, you know, an ostracized demographic that Gage just connects with those people. And the other thing that I loved was who was right behind Gage when he had that conversation? Jace and Tatum, my twin three-year-olds, were standing there holding Gage's shirt as he did this. And so, I'm like, man, they're learning from Gage how to just reach out to expand your comfort zone. (laughs) Because, you know, if you just expand your comfort zone, more and more things fall into that, which is a good thing. And they get to learn how to love people. And I don't have to teach those kids crap. They're just learning it from each other. So, pretty cool proud parent moment. This past week, um, movie I watched the other day, tough transition here, but um, I watched Forrest Gump again the other day, which is one of my all-time favorite movies, and I think there's so much that you can learn from Forrest Gump. Um, one of the scenes that I love, I, I, I don't think I did a sermon on it, but I was going to one time, was the scene, if you remember it, where... Um, uh, Lieutenant Dan right they they go into war, Lieutenant Dan gets pretty much blown up uh was it napalm no, no, just by by something grenade or something and uh so Forrest Gump saves him from the forest, pulls him out, and then like pulls out i don't know twenty other guys, right, and so he becomes this hero, and then you have this moment where Lieutenant Dan. Um, is in his bed, if you remember that scene. His legs are amputated and he sneaks up to Forrest Gump's bed and pulls him off and then he's there on the ground in the middle of the night and he just has kind of this heartbreaking moment. And I thought about that, about that moment for Lieutenant Dan and thought, we all have that. Um, We have that moment of... uh, Things weren't supposed to be like this, you know? But I don't know what you're looking at with the current reality. Maybe it's not both of your legs are amputated. Maybe it is something physical. But um, there's something going on that you're like, this is, this is not how I drew it up. This is not how I thought my life was going, you know? I had a buddy of mine in the Air Force who would always talk about his broken family growing up. Uh, He hated it. He hated his broken, he hated the separate homes, he hated the custody fights, uh, he hated having to, you know, mediate between parents over the phone, he just hated everything of it, and uh, this guy was a very committed atheist, very outspoken about it, Uh, he was like an evangelistic atheist, (laughs) I don't even know if that's something, but if it is, he was that. He actually had a screensaver on his computer that had a picture of the Bible and it said, spoiler, he dies, right? So this guy is like committed. Um, Alright, so he and I had a friendship and I never, you know, just thumped crap over his head or anything. Uh, I never just you know, offered this stuff when he didn't care about it, but he knew where I stood. Uh We would have conversations all the time about everything, all things about life, and we would have lengthy, frank convos about faith, you know, we'd go out to eat, like, I, I love this guy, and he, and he loved me, man, it was, it was a good friendship, um, but he just, it just never soaked in, like, it was never something that he wanted, well, one day, out of nowhere, uh, I get a call from him, and he I could tell instantly that something was really, really wrong. And he says, Graham, my marriage is over. And he's bawling, right? My marriage is over. He just keeps saying that. And I'm and I'm like, oh my gosh, dude, i you know, what and he just wouldn't settle down. And he's like, I'm gonna be the father that I hated. We're gonna have the broken marriage I hated. I've become what I've hated. And he said, I need some encouragement. And so I said, all right, dude, listen, especially right now when you're hurting, I don't want to push anything on you, okay? But there is definitely a place that I go to when I need truth. There's a place that I go to when I need peace and when I need love and that's the Bible, right? And he goes, Graham, I knew you'd say that. And that's why I called you. I need some encouragement. That that that's something, huh? That's something. That's this guy could I don't know could make fun of it all day, and you know I don't even think it was the content really. You know I I don't think that in that moment he's like I'm gonna trust the Bible. I don't think that that's what it was. I think that in that moment he said. I know where I can go for somebody who loves me. I think that was it, that he he trusted my love for him, my unconditional love for him, and knew that there was kind of a supernatural source from it. So here's the verse that I gave him. Uh, I didn't tell him everything is going to be fine because what do I know? I don't know that. you know. I didn't say, you guys are going to work this out because I don't know if they will or not. <laughs> Uh, here is what I told him. I read John one twelve, and it's a verse that says this: "But to all who believed him and accepted him, he gave the right to become children of God." Uh, doesn't sound groundbreaking, but um, to all who believed him and accepted him, he gave the right to become children of God. Uh, yeah, I told him, "Listen, buddy, if you're anything like me, when I read that, I'm embarrassed." You know, I just assume that God is thinking, you know, well, that's not for everybody. Certainly you don't qualify, you know, (laughs) or God thinking, dang it, I wrote that verse before I knew you were going to do that and screw everything up. But the reason I gave him this verse is I said, look, beyond anything that's going on in your life, beyond your circumstances, you need to know who you are and who God declares you to be. What God wants most from you is for you to draw close to Him inside of this moment when you're hurting. And you want peace that doesn't make sense? That comes from the one who can give peace that doesn't make sense. And so that's what I told him. And I thought of this moment when I was watching Forrest Gump because... um, In that scene, uh, here's what Lieutenant Dan says when he's on the ground with Forrest Gump. He says, It was my destiny to die out there with my men. This wasn't supposed to happen. Not to me. I had a destiny. I was Lieutenant Dan Taylor. And what I think is the wisest moment of this dialogue is when um, Forrest Gump says, if you remember this, you're still lieutenant dan right and for some reason that just hit me as a profound truth of um i don't know before we can ever love somebody else before we can unconditionally accept somebody else we have to recognize who we are we have to recognize that we are unconditionally loved and accepted And so many times we see the broken marriages and we see the missing limbs and we see the wounds and the scars and the broken promises. And while all that stuff is real, it does not touch who we are. You are still Lieutenant Dan Taylor. You still have a plan and a purpose, right? I love that. So yeah, maybe your impact on the world will look different than you thought, but God has not given up on you. He has a purpose and a path for good for you, right? Right now. Not when you clean your life up. Right now. Knowing full well all of your baggage and your scars, God has something good for you right now. Um, Another thing I love about Forrest Gump, was just kind of an overarching beauty from the movie, is that all of the complexity and all of the impact and beauty that spawns from the actions of a very simple man, you know? Forrest Gump, you've seen the movie, is about as simple as they come. Just low IQ, um, and still, he ends up having a profound impact on history, right? Simply, really, kind of just from being present wherever he is, um, there are a few scenes when he's in the army where he's cleaning the floors with a toothbrush. Um, because I think, what I love that is, if his goal was to change history, he would see that as a waste of time. Right? If he had kind of this jadedness or manipulation, he'd say, what am I doing here? You know? like what? How is this working towards a goal? But because of his simple... Nature, even because of his low IQ, really, it's like he doesn't seem to possess the wherewithal to be jaded or manipulative, you know? So he's naively, innocently just present wherever he is. I think that we can learn so much from that because um, I've known people like that, people who live their life simply, and they have always impacted me. Um, Actually, you know, even to go along with kind of this, um, with the mental handicap, people who transcend you to almost a spiritual place just because of their innocence and because of their love, you know who I feel that way the most about is people that I have interacted with with Down syndrome. I don't know how much experience you have, but I have probably heard the word Angel attributed to people with Down syndrome more than any other demographic of people, have you ever noticed that? like you just heard somebody say, "I spent time with this person or that person, and they had so much joy. It was just like they were an angel and yeah, I think that there's maybe a theme with this <laughs> we We feel sorry for people with Down syndrome, right We call it a disability, but maybe the supreme gift is to remain present um, and simple in a life that God created to be simple. You know, to not have to figure things out, to not have to rule the world and be a step in front, just to simply enjoy life and add value to the people around us. It feels like we try to complicate uh, a very simple role. A very simple purpose a lot. I personally believe that God has a path and a purpose for us, and who knows what that is, right? That may be shifting history, Forrest Gump style, or it may be something seemingly more insignificant, but I don't. Know, let's make sure that we remain present enough to be used in the room we're in, uh, because chances are that's where the most impact will happen, and uh Maybe God has you with a toothbrush cleaning floors right now, and you think, this is not what I thought my life was going to look like. He's got a plan. He's got a purpose. And maybe right now he's cultivating the ability and allowing you to practice being present with him and present with other people to prepare you for the next season that he has. So you are still Lieutenant Dan, (laughs) no matter what has happened in your life, no matter what... Um, missing limbs or broken promises you're looking at from your past, God has a beautiful purpose and plan for you. And if we don't complicate it, if we boil it down to the simplicity that God has intended, we will find that we have incredible, eternal impact in the people around us. So a little bit of an encouragement for today, and uh, we'll try again tomorrow.